Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Pilot Light, a podcast where we watch the first episode of a TV show and then we talk about it. My name's David and um, everybody lies, except when it's inconvenient to the plot, I guess. <laughs> uh, and I'm Joe and I need 36 Vicodin in change for a dollar. <laughs> you could be you could be struck off just for that, my lord. Uh, this week <laughs> we watched the uh, pilot episode of House, uh, or episode one rather, um, a 2004 uh, medical drama uh, starring Hugh Laurie, um, which we we have done an episode on before. We uh, did a Christmas special, uh, which wasn't really very Christmassy or special. Yes, if anyone has listened to that episode and then this episode, well done, you've won our biggest fan prize. Um, we're probably going to cover a lot of the same ground, so you're good, you can miss this one, no problems. Or listen to it, whatever you want to do, you know? Whatever, Joe, the economics of podcasting are, of podcasting are <laughs> ever fluid, I mean, maybe that's how we get listeners, is tell them not to listen, I don't know. Do you have, Joe, a plot summary? Uh, so, an antisocial maverick doctor who specialises in diagnostic medicine does whatever it takes to solve puzzling cases that come his way using his crack team of doctors and his wits. I feel as though like the bit that really needs underlined there is that he does whatever it takes. Literally. That's not like, you know, just kind of bending the rules here and there. That's outright breaking the law. Um, on most oh, episodes. there's a lot of law breaking. Um, I, there is something I want to talk about straight off the bat, Joe, and maybe we didn't touch on in the last episode, which the, the last episode we did was a season four or episode or I something think, like that. I think that. it's season four, yeah. Yeah, um, so it, like, it's a very different show by the time it gets to there. Now, this TV show comes from, like, this is Sherlock Holmes in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I do mean that in a semi-positive way. House is very Sherlock Holmesian. Um, he's rude, he's antisocial, he's cleverer than everyone else, and he has a drug problem, because many people might forget Sherlock Holmes, he's smoking opium, fucking left, right and centre, and injecting cocaine whenever he gets the chance. And who can blame him? So it's the 1890s, man, times were, times were hard. Yeah, you need something to, like, you know, rid you of all that smallpox and cholera and yeah. typhoid and, you know. But this is a... Um, I don't want to say singular, because there are a lot of shows like this that have come out beforehand. And you know, if you're a listener, how much we love a procedural. And this is kind of like the the king of medical procedurals, I guess is the word. Um, like, there's mm-hmm. a case every week they've got to solve, um, but they never solve it's... the case of why House's dad didn't love him. Uh, that's, a, that's a running <laughs> theme. It's um, it's perfect monster of the week material. Like, you know, you know there's yeah, very yeah. few kind of like running on episodes at all. I mean, I can't think of many. Um, uh, there's some cool, like, where they play with the, the pre- premise a little bit. Like, usually, um, and in this mm-hmm. episode, in fact, which we should maybe talk about in a minute in, in greater depth, usually there's a patient, or sometimes two patients, and, like, so, oh, he'll be a professional baseball player who's ill, or it'll be, and there'll be some gimmick, there'll be some thing, some mystery to be solved it, it in addition to what's off- wrong with them. It usually starts off with like a random person, doesn't it, that you've never met before, and they're like doing an everyday one of the mill kind of activity. So, in this episode, it's a teacher. She's just gone to class and starts teaching, or you know, it comes and then like, she say, becomes poorly. Or, yeah, and they'll have like some sort of episode um, and become ill, and then like that's the, the the patient, and that's the one that House is trying to save. Um, yeah. Bah, 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 bah. 
the uh, theme song for this is etched in my memory. Um, so, ooh, before we talk about this episode and maybe the series at large, Joe, obviously we should say uh, say as well that uh, if you haven't listened to our previous episode, we fucking love this TV show. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe not <laughs> in its entirety. I would certainly say that the last two to three seasons of this are like Itchy. a trash fire. Yes. Um, but the first four to, for the first five seasons of this, some of my favourite TV ever made, like... And really, like, represents a time and their place. In about 2008, I was watching so much of this TV show. Like, and Hugh Laurie is just outstanding as well. I mean, that's a large part of it as well. Like, you know, I could watch Hugh Laurie in pretty much anything, to be honest. Um, he rarely fails disappoint, um, to be honest. Uh, or oh, sorry, rarely, rarely, rarely disappoints. That that sounded very negative for a second there. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm very ill, so. Yes. Um, Hugh Laurie's great in pretty much everything, and he's um, even with his um, what's the word? I guess to us as British viewers, this accent kind of passes muster a bit. But I certainly know from like American audiences, this is kind of like a a really on the nail British guy doing an American accent accent where like no mm-hmm. one in America actually sounds like this. I would I would say it's still a better than um, the the one that uh, Andrew Lincoln does in um, <laughs> Carol. Carol. <laughs> Yeah. It's Carl, um, not Carol. Shut up, Andrew. It is better than that, and I will say it's probably also better than most American actors doing British accents. As a rule, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the like generic Midwest. Yeah, the generic British of... accent is like, it, it's always like that London Cockney. Why, I, mate? Do you want some cups of tea? <laughs> and That's nobody speaks like that. Like. Nobody exactly. speaks like that. <laughs> exactly. And that, so I guess that's kind of like, but we aren't really qualified to comment on that. Um,. Although, allegedly, uh, when he auditioned for the role, um, he was filming something else in, like, Norway or something. So he had to send, like, an audition tape uh, to the to the casting people um, from a hotel room. So he, like, videotaped it on a phone of him, like, doing the line read. Um, and he got the job off of that. And it wasn't until he arrived that the, the whoever, you know, the director or... Not, not the showrunners, but somebody who directed this first episode... Did not realise he wasn't American until like he met him and he was just like, "Oh, jolly hell, yes, yes, well, you know, like uh, I just assume he, I just assume Hugh Laurie talks like um, Worcester, um, Worcester from G's and Worcester all the time." Myself, I mean, he doesn't. Nah. Yeah, Ballywell go over the top and all of that. Um, I guess before we get into the pot, we should also just look briefly at the cast again. We'll have done this in the. Um, the previous episode. However, some of the cast are slightly different because some of them aren't in it yet or different characters. Yeah, although, largely, largely, the core cast of this, I'm not going to include the last season because we lose some people there, but largely the core cast of House, Wilson, Cuddy and the three kind of like assistants, they mm-hmm. remain in the series throughout. Um, There's no the girl in this though. No, the, no, the, new, the new assistants aren't here yet, but what I'm saying mm-hmm. is that substantially for most of the season run, these um, six characters kind of remain, which and, and played by the same actors, and they kind of remain in those roles. We do mm-hmm. lose a few, like we said, um, the the actress who plays um, Cameron, uh, she leaves. Yeah, Jennifer Morrison the, leaves, but Chase and Foreman remain. Uh, Cody mm-hmm. leaves in season after season seven, I think, but that's still seven seasons of this eight season run which she's in. And obviously you, you gain Olivia Wilde in 13. Yeah. Um, you get Cuddy, and I've forgotten the name of the guy who left to go into the White House. Him. 
Um, um, yes, Harold and Kumar go. Uh, yes. Um, but yeah, so like in this episode, you've obviously you've got um, Hugh Laurie playing Doctor Gregory House, who's the main character. He um, has a um, issue with his leg. Um, he's he's essentially Sherlock Holmes. He is the Sherlock Holmes <laughs> of medicine. I think I think they describe it as he's had an infarction in his leg or something, and basically like the muscle has died. Um, so he's on painkillers. He has to use um, a walking stick to kind of get around. Um, he's but he's brilliant. Like he diagnoses like um, diseases like nobody's business. Um, yeah, like he's... there's a thing they invent for this series called like a um, a department of diagnostics, and in yes. actually most hospitals. Diagnostics is something that's done by every department, and obviously that is still the case in this. But he's kind of like a, he's a medical genius. So he like, he, he gets the cases that the other departments can't um, diagnose. So he's yeah, like the yeah. diagnose diagnoser of diagnosis. Later on in later on in season one, I think like someone has a run in with somebody who says he treats fifteen patients a year, and someone's like, well, he saves fifteen patients a year, and that's kind of like the point is that like. You know the people who come to house, the people who've been ill for a long time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, so then, as his boss, you have um, Lisa Cuddy, played by Lisa Edelstein. Um, again, great she's performance well here. Yeah, uh, she's been in. She's been in some things. She was in episode Seinfeld. She's an episode of Frasier. Sure, she's in yeah, she's in Frasier as well. Um, and she's kind of like one of these one of these American actors like we will talk about in a minute like who is in lots of things <laughs> just in like yeah, one episode of quite well known um, then you have uh, Dr. Robert Chase played by Jesse Spencer again he's in quite a few things um, but again he's very typical, good in this. typical sexy Australian man yeah um, then you have House's best friend uh, Jane, Dr. Wilson James Wilson played by Robert Sean Leonard again he's in all sorts of things the casting this is pretty Pretty damn good, to be honest. They get they they are good. They are good at delivering these lines of dialogue, which no one mm-hmm. in real life uses. No, um, we've mentioned Jennifer Morrison, who plays Alison Cameron. Um, she's kind of well known for. Them. She's in what's that really terrible um, um, TV show, the fantasy one, um, Once Upon a Time, or something like that, isn't it? What's that one? Uh, I have no idea. I don't know, Joe. Uh, yeah, she's uh, in what? Well, it's Once Once Upon a Time. The fantasy series Once Upon a Time. That's about she's like, also the in. Um, she's also in How I Met Your Mother, and she's Kirk's mum in the 2009 Star Trek. <laughs> um, and then, last but not least, you have Omar Epps playing Doctor Eric Foreman. Again, fantastic performance right the way through. And those are kind of his diagnostic doctors. So you've kind of got. We mentioned how House is like this really intelligent doctor who knows kind of how to, you know, he's extremely intelligent and he's like the biggest brain in the room. These guys are all extremely intelligent, but he's like more intelligent than all of them. And he yeah, like goes they, to extreme they work, lengths they to work prove for it. him. Yeah, yeah they, they, work they go to extreme like... lengths to prove that he is like the most intelligent man at that hospital. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like a, the setup is, is weird. It's not like Scrubs where, um, you know, they're just, you know, Scrubs, there are some similarities there, but it's not like Scrubs where they are just, you know, trainee doctors. No. These are all kind of qualified people, but it's it's still a teaching hospital, like in Scrubs. Yeah, so top of the, the, top idea, of the, field, the idea though, being. That's the idea, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the yeah. Top of the but field. the idea being that they exist, they exist to treat patients and for research purposes. This hospital mm-hmm. exists to, like, research these diseases and things like that. So it kind of like goes some of the way to explaining how, even in the healthcare, which is American healthcare, like, they can afford to pay 
these four very, very um, highly skilled and highly educated doctors to mostly sit around and do not much. Yeah, and, you know, they make jokes about that all the way through the series, um, about how, you know, there's quite a few episodes where they're like, oh, we're bored, there's no cases to do. Um, and it's like, well, that's because you get, like, ten cases a year. Stop complaining. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so should we get into this episode a little bit? Um, I think I kind of... Uh... Yeah, yeah. I think I kind of mentioned how it started. So, or was it you that mentioned? You know, you've got this woman who's um, a teacher, and she... well, the general the general premise for any house episode is that, like, like you said, Joe, we have that scene at the very beginning. We meet somebody; they're very poorly. Um, we get these weird kind of like cutaways to like, um, mm-hmm. like I think it's neurons misfiring in this one, um, and we see the teacher, and she's like, she can't speak. Yeah, and it's usually like a very set thing, and it's set because of American adverts where. Like, well, the program starts. We have this scene with this teacher who we've never seen before, and obviously, this is the first episode, so we've never seen any of them before. Um, and, and, and she's never in any other episodes again, like, like absolutely this is her, her. not, no, but you very rarely she's get gone. a patient reappearing. Um, <laughs> and you have the scene with her, and it ends with her writing on the blackboard and saying, like, it's called the nurse, I think, you call the nurse, about. and they're like, you know, kindergarten students, so they call the anyway, um, and then. We get credits like bam, the bombastic sort of like house opening credits, and then there's an ad break, and that's why mm-hmm. that little chunk remains in fucking every nearly every episode of this series. There's that little chunk of stuff, and then we invariably come into the main episode where either everyone's sat around their little office or somebody's walking through a corridor. Those are the two ways episodes start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of kind of what you have in this one, obviously, and then. It, it, it kind of obviously she turns up into this hospital and he's told by um, his friend um, um, that uh, Dr. Uh, Wilson that it's his cousin so he wants him to have a look because she's been diagnosed as having a brain tumour um, and he doesn't he's not sure that it is but if it's a brain tumour obviously it's um, terminal so he wants House to have a look and make sure that's what it is because if it isn't obviously you know they can, they can probably do something about it so um, it kind of goes from there doesn't it yeah, and we established some of the sort of like the key um, relationships and the fulcrums with which this series turns. We will talk about the series as a whole, I think, after we talked about this plot, because I kind of do want to get into this a little bit more than we did last time. But um, mm-hmm. so we established the sort of antagonistic slash incredibly like flirty relationship he has with um, Cuddy, uh, his boss, uh, where basically. Um, they have this thing called tenure uh, in in America, and I suppose academic institutions over here, but it's a lot less um, enforced. And tenure is basically where, after you've worked at a place for a certain amount of time, they either have to like get let you go, or give you tenure, which is where basically you need to have like the whole board's approval to fire somebody. It yes. makes it very, very difficult to get rid of people. And like I was reading about this yesterday because I found it confusing and maybe it's a maybe it's a transatlantic thing and maybe in America it's just one of those things that everyone knows about. Um and essentially it the idea is is so that it's to like allow in theory, allow academic freedom because teachers don't have to like toe a political line or like do you know what I mean, agree with the faculty completely in mm-hmm. fear of losing their jobs because they can't be sacked for something like that. Yeah. Um, but the one of the um, one of the uh, what's the word like uh, the negative things, one of the criticisms of tenure, the system, is like in this, uh, it allows people to just not really do their jobs because they can't be sacked. So like house, 
just doesn't really do his job. But like in this episode, we find out that um, all doctors um, are supposed to do in America supposed to do so many free clinic hours a year. It's not a lot. Um, it works out about three or four days of work a year over the course of a year, but they do it for like you know because America's a hellscape where you have to pay for healthcare, hmm. and they do it for poor people who can't afford healthcare. Now, in this episode, it turns out House hasn't done any of this for 10 years or whatever, so he owes the hospital, I think he it's, said... It's 2054, because I think he says that if he does like an extra four hours a year or something like that, he should be done by 2054. It's four hours a week, by yeah. the way. Uh, like it's Yeah, so if he does four hours a week, which is the agreement they come to, so he doesn't get into trouble... If it was four hours a week, then yeah, by twenty fifty four he'll have caught up <laughs> with his <laughs> with his um, commitments. Uh, and, and the so way that she, she and the way that like she makes that she she makes him agree to that is that she like basically cuts off all of his privileges, so he can't yeah. even get an X ray taken or bloods or anything. So he has to do it, otherwise, like the, the patient will die. Which I mean, he's one more than capable of doing himself. But. There's always like a plot running throughout this 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 series where. House is butting heads with somebody like off the top of my head. Constantly, you've got Cuddy in the first couple of episodes and later on as well. You've got that um, detective who House pisses off, who decides yeah. he's going to have him. You've got the guy who buys the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. Even you... even uh, Wilson in some episodes. Wilson yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His best there's friend. a lot of there's a lot um, of times and like the him, the him and Foreman he... don't get on very well at times. The Foreman becomes his boss later on. Um, he takes yeah. over the Cuddy role. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's like an always like a friction going on where House is just trying to get his job done, um, and there's always some authority figure stood in his way. Um, what What's next in this episode, Joe? What, what, what do we go to from here? So he, he starts trying to treat, um, or he's just trying to find out what it is that this woman has, and they get him into an MRI scan, scan to, to try and like look. Which, by the way, I've been in. Those things are terrifying, like proper claustrophobic. Um, <laughs> I'll bet it's a big, massive magnet as well. Um, yeah, it's like I'd it be makes concerned, all sorts of noises. Joe. I would be concerned because every time I have tried to fly anywhere, I always get stopped and searched because I had some <laughs> staples put in my head when I was a kid because I cracked it open, and I'm mm-hmm. certain there must be still one still in there because I get stopped and searched every, every time, time because they get the wand out and it and it just beeps it, Joe. It just goes beep, and it's like, well, obviously there's metal in my body somewhere. They just want and to if I go in an MRI machine, it's just getting ripped straight out. <laughs> they just want to grope you. That's what it is. They do ask. It's pretty terrifying. They're like, "Do you have any like? Uh, do you have any like uh, metal in your body or anything like that?" And it's kind of like, I'm, I'm like, I'm fairly sure I don't. But there's always that bit in your mind. It's like, do I? What if I do though? <laughs> you sure as hell find out when it gets ripped through your body, which happens in in this. I think <laughs> it does. But it's it's um yeah it's it's just it, it's quite terrifying getting put in one of those things. Really loud as well. Uh, luckily, you can close your eyes, so that's what I did. I just fell yeah. asleep. It was great. Um, but anyway, um, so they put him in this uh, to have an MRI to try and check, obviously, to see if there's anything on her brain, see if it definitely is a tumour. And she has a... She, basically, her throat closes up, doesn't it? Yeah, um, they, have and, to, and, uh, they have to do that thing that you see them do with a pen on aeroplanes, like in, yeah. in TV shows where they... they um, tracheotomy, where they basically bypass yeah. the throat and you start, you breathe through a hole in your neck and your chest, really. Give her a kick-ass scar. That's what. That's what they do. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, Bitch so. has been traked. <laughs> so, so they do that, and then the the, the well, it's possibly not a tumor, and they're trying to figure it all out, and that's kind of 
And then you get the it's whole typical, thing. Which... Typical house stuff where house usually decides what it is in the first 10 minutes. And it's never, ever, ever that, except when it is. Um, but by then they've changed their minds. And like, we go through this complex series of, like, this is the mystery of the episode, isn't it, Joe? Of like, mm-hmm. what is wrong with this woman? How are we going to figure it out? Which one of us is the most clever slash has the biggest dick? That And again, it really does come down it's to that. normally always house as well. Like at it the end, really, kind of, really normally is always some house. Some really, yeah. like, tenuous thing. Somebody will say something extremely tenuous and he'll suddenly go, got it. I know what's happened here. And the first epi- example of that in this episode is he's doing some of his clinic hours and a guy comes in who's, like, bright orange. Um, and, and house is sat there and he's, he, he goes... Your wife's having an affair, <laughs> and and the guy's like, how how could he possibly know that? And he says, well, you've turned bright orange, and your wife hasn't said anything. I'm guessing she's having an affair. I'd follow her, yeah. see where she's going, sort of thing. And then it turns out that he's um, eating too many carrots and taking too many vitamin pills. So like the carrots turn you yellow, and then these vitamin pills turn you red. So together makes him orange. And he kind of then deduces that like. Some there's some disease that he deduces and decides to put this woman on steroids without doing any tests. He's just like, oh yeah, give her steroids, it'll be fine. What's the worst that could happen? Fairly typical. Like there's quite a few episodes in this where, um, I mean, again, someone who's an actual doctor would be better equipped to answer all these questions. Of like, how in prison, out of a job would this guy be on a weekly basis? I know from personal experience that they throw antibiotics at you if there's something wrong. Like they will give you antibiotics till you drop. Um, but like the steroids, do they do they chuck strong steroids at you? No. It doesn't seem to I me mean, like a I good suppose, idea. I suppose they might in this situation, and again, like, but you do seem if to it was life or death, that house, probably. Yeah, house quite often will like someone will be so close to death because of all the treatments he's been throwing at them, <laughs> and like, I think it's this. I've got no evidence, so we're going to treat it, and like, actually, yeah. like, ethically, and being a doctor is all about like the ethics of treating people and not treating people etc etc mm-hmm. like house is ethically quite bankrupt and you know there's quite a few instances where uh, him or the people he works with like should be fired and even in the tv show like he has like, no people that, that, skills whatsoever no social none. skills at all um like as soon as he speaks like if, if you were you were his boss there you'd be like right you know you don't like talking to the patients don't ever talk to the patients that's fine just look at the case files, do your thing from there, you don't ever have to speak to them because the second they do, that's a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, and this that's a running thing as well, as everyone's like, I've never even met Dr. House, and he's like, I don't need to meet people to treat them. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, it's kind of like, again, like referring back to this Sherlock Holmesy sort of like pull to it, he is like this tortured genius, um, you know, is that he's really, really clever, and that's really hard. It's really hard to be really clever. And he's a doctor um, with a limp, which is even more difficult because people don't like yeah. to be treated by sick doctors, and yeah, which is literally a thing from a thing from. The, I was listening to Sherlock Holmes the other day, the audio book, narrated by Stephen Fry. Uh, conversely Ooh. enough, uh, famously famous collaborator of um, of Hugh Laurie, and there's a line in that where Watson a bit says, of "Fry and Laurie," where Watson says, um, "You know, like people don't like to be treated by a doctor who's who's sick because a doctor mm-hmm. has to be like." immortal um so there's an interesting synergy there and it definitely is inspired by that mm-hmm. um should we talk maybe about the like i don't think there's a lot really to dig into in the plot of this really he like figures it out just i guess but, we, we mentioned his morals like after he gave her steroids for no proof she gets slightly better 
and then gets really much much worse. So he's like completely flummoxed. So instead of doing something, he's like, stop medicating her completely and see how bad yeah. she gets. That's Again, his next response. Well, the ethics <laughs> of it, Joe, are mad because like after that, she decides I'm dying, so I'm going to refuse all treatment. So then. Um, they have to like they have a little powwow um, where they sit down, him and his team, and they're like, right, well, how can we circumvent this woman's like clearly stated of sound mind wish? How can we go and like just ignore that and then do our jobs mm-hmm. because we are so desperate to find out what's wrong with this woman that we will just ignore anything that she wants. Um, so, but we should talk, Joe, maybe about the like the character sort of. What's the word? Every every member of House's team kind of fits like a, a not a stereotype as such, but like a character archetype archetype mm-hmm. in this series. So you've got um, Foreman is very much like he is House light. He is like he's very like House, but he is very argumentative. He constantly, very frequently disagrees with House, um, despite the fact that they would act in a very similar way most of the time. And they're the two that most loggerheads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Cameron, who's the kind of like the um, the the nicer. She's got good patient care. She cares about people. Yeah, she's the attractive kind of you know. And he, he openly says it in this episode. He hires her because she's good looking. Yeah, and she's like, "What? You you hired me because you wanted to sleep with me?" And he's like, "No, I hired you because she's good looking." <laughs> yeah, and there's like a convoluted thing where House is like, "Oh well, good looking people don't choose to become doctors unless there's something wrong with them." Blah blah blah. Yeah, um, and, and then you've got, you don't get. Foreman as well actually he kind of says he hires him because he has a criminal record of breaking into houses so and he does yeah. it again in this episode he gets him and he does it in pretty much every episode he sends a member of his team to break into a person's house oh yeah we're breaking the law um, this could so easily be a detective show like with the same characters um, <laughs> yes. except except it would be less morally questionable in terms of you would believe more readily that people <laughs> would be, the police will be doing this Absolutely. Um, and then you've got you've got Chase the Australian guy who like is the jock um, kind of Kinda. I think he has the more interesting character out of the three of them in, in this series. Um, because, like, he got this job because his dad made a call. So he's kind of like mm-hmm. the, you know, rich. But he's as clever as the rest of them and, and yeah. qualified, etc. Um, in, like, season three, I think, he uh, <laughs> gives a lethal dose of morphine to this um, dictator from Africa who's committed a genocide, like, he decides this guy needs to die and he kills him. And we kind of get, like, a nice exploration of actually him then dealing with having done that, which is kind of, like, very interesting. Um, And he then becomes more, you know, just remains as, like, a house lackey for the rest of it. But it's Mm -hmm. fascinating to watch his, like, um, ups and downs, uh, maybe more so than Cameron, who kind of remains this, like, that's not nice, you should be nice to people... She's a bit yeah. of a nag, and Foreman, who equally like has you know a decent arc, but at the same time, is super super like self congratulatory and like I'm the fucking best, and he is house in lots of ways. He is, he's absolutely house, and it's why they don't get on very well because you know they're basically the same person. The other two, Cameron and um, the Cameron and Chase, do have that kind of moral kind of code sort of thing you know they're like what's what's right and what's wrong um and even though chase does you know do the overdose of morphine to the um to the dictator you know like he he, he beats himself up over it for constantly for like ages whereas yeah. like house would have if house did something like that i'd be like mm, who cares 
you know. Yeah, and we do stand, stand, stand the moral decline in the series of that, of like, you know, there's this... Um, I think in the first season it's generally like pretty pretty okay, and and I would say this this series hits its, hits its peak in season four. I don't mm-hmm. know whether you agree. Um, Probably about right. Yeah, I mean, I must say, like watching this episode. I know after we watched the Christmas episode, we talked about like how shocked we were at how just how bad they all were in terms of like speaking to each other and dealing with each other. Like this episode, as bad as he is at points, because he does say some pretty questionable things, and he's pretty terrible to all of them. Um, it's nowhere near as bad as that season four episode was. Um, yeah, and I think that is like what you've got here is obviously the, the, serving the purpose of a pilot is we are establishing a series and we're kind of establishing these characters. And yes, there's heavy lifting involved, um, but you were kind of like at the very beginning of a premise, whereas by the season four, we've already had to reset that premise entirely. At the beginning of season four, where he has to hire three new uh, associates mm-hmm. and like we've kind of blown the series up a couple of times i don't think he's been in prison yet i think that's season five yeah there's uh, a really where- there's a really weird storyline as well where like he's so addicted to the vicodin that he starts like hallucinating and he's like telling everybody that he slept with cuddy yeah and like he's actually hallucinated him sleeping with cuddy and he, yeah like doesn't he drive a car don't worry this- they they have a full-on relationship later on um, yeah doesn't he drive a car into the side of the hotel uh, to the side of the hospital or something or a house or something he drives he drives a car into the side of cuddy's house yeah that's it uh, and goes to prison however that's after that's when that's it must be the end of season seven that's when um, cuddy because, leaves because that's when cuddy leaves because she's mm-hmm. like well this is fucking mad um, because I think maybe the season wasn't going to be renewed. So House drives a car into the side of Cuddy's house and then he flees to Hawaii or somewhere. Like he's sat on a beach drinking cocktails. Um, and then in season eight, we open and he's in prison. I think season seven opens with him in a... Men- in a um, like a rehab centre? Yeah, like- I think, so I think that's the end of season six must be where he's hallucinated sleeping with Cuddy. Yeah. Season seven, where he actually has a relationship with her, which ends with him driving a car into a house. Yeah, season, season four must end with cutthroat bitch dying in that bus crash. <laughs> um, she's very good, um, uh-huh. and that must open with him, like him trying to, you know, her funeral and Wilson and everything like that. Uh, season four, like we said, opens with everyone's quits at the end of season three because of all the trauma. Um, and he has to hire some new new interns, but it's not in the interns but for he, new associates. He only, he only has enough money for one or isn't it or something like that. He and then he basically like hires six of them, and they all have to like compete for one job or something stupid like that, isn't it? No, no. The first episode, uh, he has them has to hire three three new fellows. Is what they call for a fellowship program. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically uh, he cuts the salaries of himself and the three people going forwards. So that he can have this like elaborate game show where he hires forty people initially, and a lot of them get weeded out very quickly to like a core cast. But he hires forty people um, to do the job, uh, and then uh, season two and three, uh, two, two and two and three are a bit more, I guess, the more grounded seasons because mm-hmm. we haven't got these sort of big set pieces. There's no new major cast members, and it's kind of like a bit more, you know, like we said, it's disease of the week. Um, in this episode, it turns out that the woman has—is it a tapeworm? It's a tapeworm. So at some point, she has eaten um, undercooked pork, and when when they lay eggs, they can escape from your stomach, and um, they can effectively like y- you know grow anywhere. 
within the body. Um, so she has one lodged in her brain, which is what's causing all her issues in terms of like not being able to speak yeah. and things like that. Yeah, um, that's But right. she asks, she asks not to get treated. Um, and then they're like, "Well, if she, if she won't accept treatment, she's going to die," sort of thing. And try and find a try and find a way to prove that it's a tapeworm. Um, and and the way he figures out that it's a tapeworm is he sends Foreman round with Cameron to like break into the woman's house to see if there's anything there. And Foreman eats a shitload of pork out of a fridge, <laughs> and he comes back and he's like, "Was there anything there?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, nothing, just some pork." And then like, how's it? Like, oh, you idiot, pork. Um, and that's kind of how he goes. Pork jumps straight to tapeworm as you would. Um, yeah, and but, as usual, it's kind of like the implication isn't that that pork that Foreman ate is tainted or anything. Well, that's sometimes no. the case. It's more that um, it's like the, and again, like he's Sherlock Holmes, it's kind of like mm-hmm. the thing that makes his brain, usually he's having a conversation with Wilson when he figures something like this out. Um, yeah. And like, and he'll just leave the room because he's figured something out and he'll go and Wilson, they make jokes about it later on, but Wilson's like, oh, well, I guess he just fucking figured it out. See you later then, man. Because um, he's gone to solve the solve mm-hmm. the case. Um, and he, they get tapeworms and we get a cool thing where, there are some good mystery solving things here. Like Chase mm-hmm. is like, well, let's just give her like a good old fashioned X ray, um, you know, because um, she refuses to have a um, any more medication or anything. So they ask her and any more and they, invasive procedures. Yeah, and the only way to like prove that it's a tapeworm, so a normal X ray of a skull won't show it. So what they do is like to prove that there's tapeworms in the body. They do a, um, an old X ray of her leg, and they show up like bright. On, on there so they do that of a leg and there you go what do you know but apparently it's just like, a the justification thing... to give her the medication isn't it yeah the thing that helped them figure it out was like apparently if you give somebody with a steroid in the brain with um, a tapeworm in the brain steroids it like improves their condition considerably and then makes them worse uh, which is what yeah something when... to do with they kind of explain it it's like um, the steroids are so strong that they initially mm-hmm. like knock the tapeworm back a bit, but then obviously in the long term they're not effective. <laughs> so what happens is you go up and then but then quite think, sharply down again. Think tapeworm on steroids. That's what happens. The tapeworm goes, ooh, exactly these are good again. shit. You know? <laughs> this tapeworm's become, ripped. Yeah. Um, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of uh, <laughs> tapeworms in your brain. Yeah. Don't want that. Um, it's cool though, and we kind of get the resolution, and and she's healed, and she's like, oh, where's Doctor House? And she, she, it, it, the, the weird like story twist, and the bit that didn't really make sense to me was that like it turned out that she wasn't actually Wilson's cousin. Like the whole thing was that he'd convinced House to take the case because she was his cousin, but she wasn't actually his cousin. I think it's like Wilson wants House to take the case because seemingly they don't take a lot of cases. Um, mm-hmm. So he basically lied to him, manipulated him to take the case. Um, Which is just, I guess it's just to underline that, oh, everybody lies thing. Um, but it's an important thing because House is angry at Wilson because she's Jewish and or, or, or Wilson's Jewish and she isn't. But House assumed she was Jewish and therefore she didn't eat pork. So mm-hmm. he'd like written off her having this type of tapeworm because she was Jewish. And then she's not Jewish because she isn't Wilson's cousin. Yeah, and he didn't even get a name right either. He called her, I think she's Rebecca Adler, isn't she? Whereas he calls her Rachel Adler. And that's Rebecca Adler out. is a is a reference to uh, Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes as well. Yeah. Again, uh, she's a one of the sort of the main female antagonist mm-hmm. um, who actually only appears in one. And this isn't the Sherlock Holmes podcast. Uh, she actually only appears in one Sherlock Holmes story. Uh, yeah, you know, remember those Johnny Depp films? Not Johnny Depp. Um, oh, Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> films. 
Robert yes. Downey Jr. and Jude Law, and I can't actually remember who plays Rebecca Adler, but um, she's like a major character in that first movie. Those are trash okay. as well. But um, I'll take your words for it. You know, House is a series. The only Sherlock Holmes thoroughly. episodes I've seen is the one with Benedict Cumberbatch in. They're the only Sherlock Holmes series I've seen. Yeah, pretty pretty faithful for modern day adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get down to the nitty gritty, Joe. Does this this episode, as a pilot, again, like let's go back to our roots and remember what we're talking about. As a pilot, do you think this episode does what it needs to do? It's an enter- entertaining <laughs> episode of TV. Um, and if yeah. you say you know we we love this TV show, and I still love like I, I mean I sat there watching that, and I was like, I I could watch more of this. I could just keep going, yeah. you know. It is startlingly representative of the show as a whole, as it becomes later on, especially in these first three seasons. Um, the only thing I would mention we haven't mentioned yet is the color palette is bizarre in this first episode. Yeah, I think I read that it like was an orange tinted camera or something, some sort of like orange yeah. tint on the camera, but. It, it makes it look really like desaturated and almost mm-hmm. blue. Um, yeah. Like, and, and obviously they abandoned this after this first episode. Um, I don't know the reasons quite... for it, to be honest. I couldn't find out why they did it. Must be the director wanted it to be like look a bit grittier, maybe, or a bit. It's two thousand four, and that is a million years ago now. Um, <laughs> God world. Like literally, we were talking about obviously this. This series ended in two thousand and twelve, which mm-hmm. was nearly a decade ago well i think and i so, said to you like how many tv how many shows that we've watched do i like do i come back to you when i'm watching them? i'm like god these people look young like hugh laurie <laughs> looks young in this like young <laughs> for somebody who's been like on our tv since the early 90s yeah like this was young hugh laurie i'm trying to think what i saw him in most recently um he was definitely in veep which i've been watching um but that's a few years old now um, and he's definitely in. I don't know if you saw the Night Manager, um, no. the John John Le Carre um, like mini series oh, with uh, that's, that's, that's your bag. Uh, Tom, it's my bag. Mysteries, man, uh, with Tom or possibly Tim Hiddleston. I think it's Tom Hiddleston. Um, that's really excellent. If someone get, if you get a chance to watch that. What's um, he been in? So recently, so uh, on TV, he has been in uh, Roadkill Avenue Five. Avenue Catch. 5. Yes, Avenue 5 is the same people who made Veep. That was I watched some of that, but then trailed um, off. And then film, the last film he was in was The Personal History of Do- of David Copperfield. If you say so, Joe. Interestingly, uh, he was in Holmes and Watson as well, actually. Oh, uh, right. Interesting, interesting. In 2018. Um, well, uh, obviously, Stephen Fry narrates the Sherlock Holmes audiobooks, um, and he used to be a member of the Sherlock Holmes like fan club when he was at school. Uh, mm-hmm. Which exists, um, so that there is a there is a fandom going through there where you know, it all Fry. sort of matches up. Love Stephen Fry. He's a, he's um, a national national treasure. Is Stephen? He certainly is, and so is Hugh Laurie. I think. Oh, he absolutely you know, is. Yeah, they're both responsible for a lot of very good comedy. Um, and Hugh Laurie, I think, is a he's one of these incredibly talented people. I don't know if you've ever listened. To, he did a blues album, which was really good. Like I think I have heard bits of it. Yeah. We, you see bits of it in this TV show uh, house where he's got a piano. He's frequently playing or the guitar or something else. He's just like a really talented dude. And it's nice to see him on TV. And this is maybe the TV show that kind of like catapulted him into maybe maybe a recognition in the US he never had before prior prior to this he's well known in the UK for like his roles in Blackadder where he's probably his most famous roles which he said himself Blackadder um, Jeeves and Worcester was quite big a bit Um, of Fry and and Laurie a bit of Fry and Laurie the sketch show him and Stephen Fry had 
Yeah, um, but you are right that like Blackadder was maybe the most maybe the most long lasting yeah. of those in terms of things I mean, we still watch it's, now. It's the thing that I kind of like. Even with House, it he, like it is um, Blackadder is the thing that he stands out in my mind. Like as Hugh Laurie Blackadder, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, um, but if you talked apparently him and he's done interviews before where some people have asked him about Blackadder. And he said he just remembers it as a lot of shouting. Like yeah. it's not, I can imagine like funny. if you're uh, if you're an actor or actress or whatever, like Blackadder is probably one of the easiest kind of roles because it is just shouting and being stupid. Um, I think it's a very di- it's a very different performance, isn't it? Of, yeah. and um, very different to this. Um, but if you haven't watched House and you somehow listen to this, uh, it's a really fun show. It's a total mm-hmm. like you can you could watch twenty hours of this in a go and it would yeah. be totally fine. Um, and I have frequently done that before. You uh, um, you may hate people a little bit more afterwards, but you could totally do it. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely flaws in this TV show. There were 100% flaws. It's very moralistic. There are a lot of episodes where you are being essentially berated by the cast of this TV show. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of that. Um, and, and, you know, the people in it are doing really heinous, horrible things a lot of the time. I really mean, immoral, really ethically. Without without even going into any of the detail, the, the Christmas episode that we did, there's a the young girl of the woman who becomes ill, she's like seven or something like that. He like within the first five minutes is asked her what her mother's favourite sex position is. Um I think she's fourteen, but yes. Um, is she is she? I have no I can't remember. Yeah, she's really, um, really young. Yeah, I mean it's just a lot of that. I mean, it's a TV show about this drug addict doctor who like has interpersonal problems and breaks the law frequently all the time um, so it's kind of like you take that with a pinch of salt and it is a fun interesting drama this episode wasn't very funny but i think a lot of the subsequent stuff is quite amusing there's some fun mm-hmm. bits um and you know the characters fun quite funny but it's that heightened reality where these people speak to each other in a way that nobody speaks to anybody like the dialogue mm-hmm. is very snappy and obviously very clever but it's all it's dialogue you know it's not and it's also the thing that, like, unlike in kind of um, other mysteries, kind of like murder shows and things like that, you, you can also or, or sometimes guess who's done it. So you sat there going, oh, I bet it's him, bet it's him sort of thing. In this, because it's like, you know, most people don't have a fucking clue about medicine. Like, unless you watch the entire episode, you're not going to find out what actually is causing it. So there's Yeah, that and thing. it's mostly... It's mostly irrelevant, but like sometimes it's 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 that typical turn in a mystery where mm-hmm. like it's something they've shown you earlier, so you've already seen like the cause of it, and it's it's just about them figuring out you know what it was. Um, but it's fun and it's it definitely interesting. By the way, in case you're a podcast fanboy, uh, Sam fucking hated this. Um, Sam, I think, has done a real. A real, a real one eighty on house since we watched we we watched it when we were all at uni and Sam did not like that Christmas episode we did on any level no. and he did not like this either, um, so <laughs> for him, this really didn't hold up. So it is interesting how 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 we come down on that. Um, but maybe we watch more of it. Maybe nostalgia is playing a bigger part. It's hard to know. I think we also have a, a higher tolerance for TV. Shite. Yes, we definitely do, as discussed. Uh, what are we doing next week, Joe? Uh, it is pirate. Poirot, or um, as you uh, Europeans would call it, Poirot, the uh, Agatha Christie television drama from the 90s, I want to say. 80s, 90s, somewhere there, who knows. It was... It's old anyway, um, so so that'll be interesting to do. It may be a different, like, a different spin on the... On the 1989, so just the 80s. 
a different spin on the the detective TV show, uh, which is kind of what this is, despite the fact it's a medical drama. Like this really is like a detective show in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is something that I don't, I certainly haven't seen before. So, nope. um, and we will be back next week to watch Poirot. See you then.